environmental, conversations, on creative art, scholarship, and teaching. This This is is Ecocast. Ecocast. Hello, and welcome to Ecocast, the official podcast of the Association for the Study of Literature and the Environment. I'm Lindsay Jolivet. And I am Brandon Golm. And I'm Alex Tischer. And thank you for joining us for another episode. As you may have noticed, we have a little bit of an anomaly in our introduction today. Oh, that's not very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I didn't mean Alex is an anomaly. I meant uh, adding three names is an anomaly. Um, But yes, we are welcoming a new host to the EcoCast podcast today. Alex, if you'd like to introduce yourself. Hey, I am uh, Alex Tischer, and I am a recent graduate from Wright State University in uh, Fairborn, Ohio, with a BA in English Literature and a certificate in teaching English to speakers of other languages. I am very excited to be here. Uh, I'm also now applying, well, as of today, finished applying uh, to PhD programs in English and hope to start this fall. I have research interests, which, of course, are always subject to change pre-PhD. Uh, <laughs> but at the moment, uh, I'm, I'm obviously heavily invested in environmental humanities. Uh, but specifically, my main interests are ecological theater uh, in small cast works of like one to three people. Uh, also contemporary urban ecocriticism in major metropolitan areas. Uh, I'm also very interested in, more broadly, literary depictions of displaced humans plants and animals throughout literary history, uh, as well as in more recent representations of environmental materials like plastic or petroleum, and also narratives of natural reclamation and climate fiction. Um, that's a lot. Uh, and again, yeah, I was just like, yeah, that's... <laughs> yeah, you have that's time to narrow though. it down. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's good though. Yeah. It's been, yeah. like when I, when I started grad school, I was like, I, I, what am I supposed to do now? I, oh, oh, I'm supposed to pick something? Uh, you know, yeah, it was, it's good to have a lot of interests. Yeah. And I, I look forward to narrowing those <laughs> for sure. <laughs> nice. But yeah, I, some more, I guess some more background. I'm from Midtown Atlanta. So I'm from an urban area. Well, it's still residential. Uh, I grew up in a home, but I am from Northeast Atlanta and I went to school in uh, Southwest Ohio and that was a big shock, but that's just uh, <laughs> geographically where, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Nice. Do you feel comfortable sharing? Like, where are some of the schools you've been applying to? If you don't, if you don't mind sharing, yeah. So, so I'm geographically specific. I guess I could say because <laughs> my my girlfriend's a performer. She wants to end up in New York City, uh, which makes sense. And so I'm mostly applied to New York City schools or New York City or even northeastern uh, area. So mm-hmm. you know everything that's on Manhattan. I guess it'd be Columbia, NYU, Fordham, uh, North, Stony Brook, out in Long Island, Rutgers, uh, Penn State. I also applied to. That's where a lot of my family's from. And then also I applied to Emory down in hmm. Atlanta hmm. and also Albany. Nice. So that's where mm-hmm. I'm at. Yeah. Awesome. Well, well, best of luck to you, I hope. <laughs> I hope I hope I hope I hope just just like you have all kinds of interests and a plethora of interests I hope you end up having a plethora of acceptance letters and um Thank you, you get you get yes. your your choice. 
Yes, that would that would be great. We were, <laughs> I'm sure Brandon and I both being in different stages of the academic life process. <laughs> we are both wishing the best for you. Um, we're all kind of, we all have kind of different, you know, we're all kind of at different stages, yeah. um, which is a good segue into talking about <laughs> why Brandon is leaving. Yeah. So <laughs> after that, yeah. being <laughs> the rock of this podcast <laughs> since it started. Brandon, you want to share a little if that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this this might be, I guess, maybe news to some people if you stop by uh and talk to me while I was at um the conference this past summer. But um yeah, so uh sh- right towards the end of last academic year, um I had found out uh that uh the the community college that I'm at in, in North Central Kansas that the um vice president of academic affairs was uh stepping away. Um, she accepted a position as a president at a college in a uh, community college in Colorado, uh, to be closer to her husband. And, um, she kind of made a, made a offhand remark, uh, while I was just, I, I stopped in her office for doing something. Cause I, I worked with her pretty closely, um, to doing, uh, our accreditation stuff through HLC, the higher learning commission and, and stuff like that. Um, and so I was popping in, um, just talking to her about something up with that, I think. And, um, she just kind of like broke the news to me, like, Oh, Hey, I'm, I'm leaving. And I was like, Oh, wow. And I, I think I jokingly like walked out the door. I was like, you know, no, you're not allowed to leave and, um, and all this stuff. And, uh, she, uh, she made it off what I thought at the time was an offhand comment, like, um, you know, you should, you should really apply for this position. And I was like, oh, haha, ha, Yeah. Very funny. <laughs> um, cause you know, like I, I, I've been serving as the department chair for communications, but it's, it's a small department. It's a department of, I, I think there were four or five of us at the time. Um, you know, so it's not like I was, I was comfortable or familiar with overseeing a lot of people. Um, and, uh, but I did have, you know, like, I guess aspirations or long-term goals. I saw myself moving into administration at some point. Um, I just had no idea it was going to, you know, an opportunity would come this quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I thought eventually I would move up to the Dean position in a few years when I'm I'm assuming, you know, the the Dean of Humanities is going to be retiring probably in the next five to 10-ish years. And um, yeah, so it was just, it was, it was shocking. And, and uh, it was a lot of like two, two or three days straight of like not sleeping well. Cause it was just like, but I love teaching. I love, I love teaching so much. Like, am I going to miss it? How much am I going to miss it? All this kind of stuff. Um, and I guess long story short, uh, like that's, <laughs> Uh, I ended up, I've, I've been serving in the interim position, um, Mm -hmm. since mid June. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm honestly loving it. Um, it's, uh, it was, it was some adjustment and, and it still is, I'm still learning a lot from it. Um, but, uh, I am enjoying it and, and, um, they're about to start, um, uh, making the posting for the position to become full-time. Uh, so I plan to throw my hat in the ring, um, for, for that, um, you know, knock on wood, I think I have a pretty good likelihood. Um, um, so far, I I feel like the president is pretty happy with, um, with what I've been doing. I think the faculty are, are for the most part, um, as far as I can tell, um, are happy with, with how I've been supporting them and what I've been doing to kind of, um, you know, lead them in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so, so I'm, I've, I've moved over to the dark side. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm out of teaching and, and into administration. 
Um, and, uh, but it is because of that, it's, it, it, the workload is, is quite mm-hmm. a bit heavier. Um, it's instead of, you know, working eight to three every day, I'm working nine to five. Um, in the summers I'm working seven to five, um, mm-hmm. because then we have Fridays off, but, uh, it's just, um, and then a lot of just evenings, board meetings, meetings, mm-hmm. traveling. Uh, and so it just, unfortunately it, it meant, um, having to give up uh, a lot of maybe the extracurricular things that I was doing, um, which sadly included uh, the podcast. Um, and so um, it just, I guess, felt like it was time to, to start mm-hmm. kind of um, stepping away from that and, and handing it over. And, uh, and so here we are. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's going to be a big change. <laughs> you started the podcast and so you've really been here the entire time and have, you know, had a hand in everything that it's become. But I think, I mean, I can speak for myself, but I'm sure I speak for Asley in general that of course everyone supports you in making good life changes for yourself and, you know, I think it's I think it's a great idea to sort of be like, okay, we'll pass this on to mm-hmm. other people to continue sort of um, bringing new people into the world of environmental humanities. And, yeah. you know, as much as I will miss you as we will <laughs> miss you, it's also a great thing, right? Of course, to be able to continue this project anyway. And, you know, I don't, what does that say? Your legacy, <laughs> the podcast <laughs> is your legacy and we shall continue it. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 it was like, it was a, this, this partially factored. I mean, it wasn't just the teaching piece. It was, mm-hmm. I mean, there was, there was a lot of stuff that, um, I knew I was going to have to say goodbye to, um, if I, if I, you know, took on the role and, mm-hmm. um, yeah. And it was, I, we were just, you know, kind of bef- before we started recording here, um, you know, I was trying to think back and yeah, I mean, it was, it was 2019 was when I kind of first reached out to Amy McIntyre at Asley and and was like, Hey, do you all have a podcast? Do you want a podcast? And, um, it just kind of, you know, went from there and, um, it's, it's been awesome. I mean, like just some, some great guests just getting us this chance to, to really share, um, and learn from other people. And, um, I, I think I've, I've maybe mentioned it before. Um, I don't know if, if it's been on a recording or not, but I think, you know, in, at least in conversations with, um, with you, Lindsay, and, and maybe I, I might have even mentioned it to you, Alex, when, when you and I first talked, but, um, this, this was, uh, like I said, just a few minutes ago, like, like teaching has always been, you know, kind of my, my big love. Um, research was, was secondary. It was something that I kind of needed to do to, you know, to get the masters, to get the PhD, to kind of get through that coursework to get to the teaching spot. Um, and so, um, you know, I, I knew I was never going to be publishing. I was never going to be writing articles, writing books, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but I still, I wanted to stay up to date. I wanted to, to, to mm-hmm. stay current in the field and, and hear everything that was going on. And, um, I mean, I, I love, I almost said loved, but, but I love Asley so much. Like, I mean, it, it really, um, as an organization, um, as a group of people has really, um, shaped my life in a lot of really positive ways. Um, and so, you know, just that, um, you know, the podcast for me was that it was, it was like, yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, providing a service to the organization certainly. Um, but much more selfishly, it was always about, 
um, me just getting a chance to have conversations with amazing people and um, to stay up to date in the field and to, to basically kind of do, you know, quote unquote research, but not actually the kind of fully invested like that, that, you know, a good article, a good book really, really <laughs> takes. Um, I just, you know, that was never something that, that I um, wanted. Uh, mm -hmm. And so this was, this was a great way for me to just still have um, a foot in that, that area, um, mm -hmm. even though I knew I wasn't kind of um, necessarily wanting to publish things myself, but I mean, I, mm -hmm. technically things are getting published, right? It's just not, <laughs> not in the medium that, yes. that um, you know, people think of as, as, mm -hmm. you know, quote unquote academic, but I think that's changing. I think that's changing. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I do think that, you know, I, I believe this is something you and I have talked about, Brandon, as as two people who are quite invested in contemporary media um, as a as a form for study um, and that being sort of marginalized until very recently in a lot of areas. Communications, of course, being one of the places mm -hmm. it's been more accepted. But, you know, in, in my field of like a very traditional like East Asian languages and cultures, humanities department, you know, making that push into contemporary media has always been difficult. Um, and so I think that's been something you and I have shared a great deal, right. Of like how to be involved in the academic side of things while also still doing something that's important to you, right. Like new media, like being involved mm -hmm. in a podcast or, you know, game studies, I know is a big interest of yours and things that are, you know, very current. And I think the podcast kind of is a marriage of the two worlds, right. Of like, okay, this is a new form. Most of our guests have never been on a podcast. A lot of times right. they're very nervous about being on a podcast, <laughs> which we really support them making that leap, right? Making mm -hmm. that leap to try something new. But we're bringing, you know, the scholarly world into the age of digital publishing and, you know, scholarship that's online and not, yeah. as you say, like an, a written article, which has long been the form that <laughs> academics are tied to. Yeah. And I know we've had at least, at least one guest. Um, mm -hmm. I don't remember who it was exactly. Um, but I think was using the publishing of the podcast as part of their tenure materials. Mm -hmm. um, so they wow. were, you know, at least wherever they were teaching was counting yeah. that. Um, yeah. And I think I just, the, I mean, I guess the last thing I'll kind of say about it too, is it, the, I think one of the real realizations I had in knowing it was maybe time to step away is something you were kind of alluding to at the, at the start, Lindsay, um, that I am at a different stage, I think, mm -hmm. in, in my kind of academic career um, that, you know, I'm fortunate to have found uh, a pretty stable full-time position, um, mm -hmm. one that I enjoy and that, and that um, you know, I like where I'm living and, and you know, we, we feel kind of very settled here. Um, and it seems like a good time to hand this off to somebody else who um, is still maybe a little bit earlier on and and can take advantage of um, doing something like this and the service that it provides, mm -hmm. um, not only again to Asley and to the organization and to to um, to the guests to get their work out there and all that kind of stuff, um, but also selfishly that that this is I think. Um, a good opportunity for the two of you and whoever comes next and whoever comes next and whoever comes next um, to um, not only carry on, you know, the, the, what I, I, you know, 
I, I don't often like, like saying very positive things about myself. Um, <laughs> it makes me very, very, very uncomfortable, <laughs> but um, I am proud of, of this podcast and, and how it's grown and um, the, the way that, that we've been able to do that stuff. And so um, I'm hopeful that, mm-hmm. you know, the, the next group and the next group and, you know, mm-hmm. that, that it can just kind of keep going and that, you know, the two of you, when you're ready to, to move on, that you'll find someone else and mm-hmm. they can um, be ready to carry on the torch and, and so on and so mm-hmm. on and so on. Um, that was, um, you know, some, something I, I think I told, told Amy that when I first emailed her, letting her know I was going to be having to step away um, mm-hmm. was my, my top priority was just ensuring that the, the podcast could still go on. Mm-hmm. Um, that I, I didn't want to step away unless I felt comfortable and confident that it was going to be in good hands. And I can, I can attest <laughs> fair listeners that uh, it is in great hands. I think no pressure at all though. No, no pressure <laughs> yeah. whatsoever. Um, I do think that that's a great way to bring us back to Alex and uh, you know, obviously Brandon and I are both very in- involved in finding new hosts, obviously as Brandon was involved in finding me as a new host when the original, um, co-host wanted to step away so Alex if you you know with this talk of carrying on a legacy in some ways or like providing hope to the environmental humanities what are some of your you know you've talked to us about it but what are some ideas you have for the podcast what are some things you're excited about doing with the podcast that you could kind of share with our listeners so they get to know kind of where you're at what you what you want to do I would say what I want to do is I guess bring different perspective I, and and Brandon and I talked about this before mm-hmm. that a lot of the podcast what it is trying to do is fill in the cracks that are even in environmental humanities and it's a growing field um, mm-hmm. and in that growth it there are still tons of places to improve and I see where I come from uh, is that I also I got another degree while I was in college mm-hmm. uh, in four <laughs> years I, I it was a COVID era you know I, mm-hmm. I, I COVID hit when I was finishing my freshman year uh, but I, I ended with this degree in English literature, but also a performance degree in musical theater. So I have this sort of side of me that mm-hmm. performs in this this art side, I guess. And I, I guess that's kind of what I'd love to to see more of. Uh, mm-hmm. That's why I'm I'm invested in eco theater uh, because just I guess eco art in general uh, because I, I think that is a crack in environmental humanities. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we're talking about new media. There's you know I I love articles and I love books and, and, <laughs> and as much as the next guy, you know, but it's, uh, you know, I, I think that there are ways that can be brought more and more specifically, I guess I could say, I think of what I'm doing a lot right now is reading a lot of British eco theater, contemporary, um, mm, eco theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even, you know, a, part of what I'm looking at now is specifically John James Audubon's paintings and looking at his mm-hmm. art and as a, uh, it's a major effector of how we view wildlife throughout history. And I, I guess that's one of the big things I'd want to do is, is center other conversations around eco art, um, mm-hmm. which, which is vague, of course, but as we're trying to en- encompass more of what it means to live uh, in the Anthropocene, I think it's, I think that's important. I think that's a excellent point. And I agree an area we haven't touched on a great deal yet in the podcast, um, it is, as you say, kind of a growing field, um, eco art, eco art history, the sort of entire segment of that. Um, but I think eco theater especially is just something I know absolutely nothing about. And I'm, you know, hoping that we can, you know, 
scholars you're interested in or playwrights you're interested in, you know, we can bring more of that into the podcast. I think that'll be awesome. If if I can just make (laughs) another random plug here, um, I I couldn't, I couldn't remember the the name of the guest, but uh, all the way back September 1st, 2020. um, So Mm -hmm. it was, it was actually our, our third episode technically well fourth technically but our, we had an intro episode a second episode and then a third episode and then there mm-hmm. was we've done an interview before that but um una chaduri um mm. uh and eco theater um so it was all about the work that that she was doing and super fun super super cool lady um and yeah it was it was uh it was a really awesome episode but yeah that was I, I knew we we had had her on, but I was like, I couldn't believe it was all the way back in September of 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was yeah one of our very very early um, ones. So yeah, I would I would recommend checking mm-hmm. that episode out. And, you know, Maybe are you fam- are you familiar with her, Alex? At all? <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. So she, she's, okay, she's famous for the Anthropocene's mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. wordplay there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, she's in NYU. Yeah. Oh, nice. Well, fingers crossed then maybe for NYU. And yeah. Then, uh... <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good fit. <laughs> what else do you, I mean, I know, um, Alex, you and I talked about something I think would be very exciting that I think we should discuss further is potentially doing themed segments for the podcast where we do like five scholars on, you know, Blue Humanities or something like that. I thought that was a very, something we haven't done. And except by accident, like the time we had two extinctionists in a row accidentally. Um, <laughs> but I think that, I think that's a great idea too, that you had that we could consider. So if anybody listening is wanting to submit to talk, <laughs> um, do you have an idea of a theme you want to be in? Let us know. Cause I do think that's something we might consider um, coming up is trying to like find scholars or creators or teachers or anybody that's in certain types of uh, themes of environmental humanities. Yeah, some some that I can think off the top of my head would be, uh, well, yeah, blue humanities, like you said. Also, Arctic humanities is a, is a, mm-hmm. I'm reading a lot of research in that now, which is wonderful. Also, like AI in literature. Mm. I, I attended the, the San Francisco Literary Festival. I just happened to be in San Francisco, uh, mm-hmm. which this is also an aside. But the reason I I love San Francisco. I don't, I've only been there a few times, but I knew it was a great city when I was walking after dinner, walking back to my Airbnb, and the bookstores were still open at 10 30 mm. p.m that's how you know you're in a good city um no but ai and and, and literature i think is also interesting uh especially with it's going to mm-hmm. be a year of elections it's going to be a year of of ai regulation in general i think it'd be interesting to do a series on that and also like even archipelagic series mm-hmm. on 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 uh, you know islands all across the world i think mm-hmm. that'd be an interesting thing as well that sounds exciting i yeah i'm this, 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 see again this i i said it's mm-hmm. it's the podcast is in good hands i think there's there's great ideas um i for one plan to keep listening um you know uh mm-hmm. just just again because because i want to i want to uh, this this is this is still my field you know mm-hmm. it's still an, an area that i'm passionate about and interested about so yeah i will even though i'm not not directly participating anymore i still mm-hmm. you know the podcast is a good way for me to hear what's going on and what people are, are working on. Yeah. I think that's one of the things we, you know, try to do is why we try and keep our conversations while scholarly also casual, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's important 
to me and I think to Brandon and possibly to Alex to make environmental humanities um, accessible, right? I think that that's one of the things a podcast can do is be available to a larger audience than say just an academic book, which again, Mm -hmm. we all love books. We all, you know, want to have PhDs, getting PhDs, want to get a PhD. So clearly books are an important part of our lives. <laughs> um, but I do think that, you know, by trying to have conversations about larger scholarly topics in a way that's accessible, understandable, and listenable sort of in a short period of time, I think has been one of the the great things about the podcast and something I want to see continue, right? Is people could enjoy listening. You don't have to be an academic to want to learn something new about the world and about the environment and how people think about it. Yeah. Well said. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you tell I've been doing interviews? <laughs> hey, <laughs> that's the stage of academia I'm at. <laughs> Having to, you know, you got, again, podcast, great experience. Yeah. Helps you learn how to articulate, <laughs> you know, talk about things. So yeah. it's definitely good for that too. <laughs> Although I probably could have used some, some still could use some work on concision. I, I, well. I do, tend, I do tend, to, tend to ramble a bit. Uh, <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You know, I, I, I think our guests seem to enjoy it. You know, you bring, you kind of have, you draw a lot of different topics to talk about from just the thoughts you have, which I think has always been great. So, you know, we'll see. Alex, we'll get to, you know, you'll get to explore <laughs> what type of podcaster you are. <laughs> Yeah, I was gonna say she did. She didn't deny that you ramble. That was well. Yeah, I, I do. I do. But I can acknowledge it. I, I can acknowledge it as a fault. It's it, let's total aside here. But when I uh, in my public speaking classes, the icebreaker I would always do with them at the start is like share what's the thing that you're either most self conscious about when it comes to public speaking or the thing you know you need to work on. Um, you know, if you feel pretty confident, what's the thing you kind of want to work on? And I do it because like everyone has some kind of fear or worry or thing they're self-conscious about. Um, and I always joke with my students that mine is actually, it's my hands, um, Mm. that like, they just kind of go and do their own thing. And, um, but I guess rambling is also, um, can, can, can be another thing I can work on because, um, yeah, I tend to, to I, I get the thought in my head, but I haven't quite fully formed it. And so I have to keep talking until I get it out. And, uh, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it's nice. And sometimes it's like, I'm, I'm editing the podcast and it's like, man, I'm still talking to, to ask this question. And it's been like 25, 30 seconds. Just, just say it, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, you know, I think since most of our guests most of them are academics. I think a lot of them, you know, I don't think they notice particularly because I think that's a very academic tendency, right? Sure. To be like, I have to articulate either in writing or speaking quite a lot of right. things to like get to the point. Cause you have a lot in your brain of like, well, these are all the things that are connected to this thing. We'll get to there eventually, but sometimes it definitely takes, you know, that iterative yeah. process with writing, especially, but I think speaking as well. You know? I just, I end up feeling guilty because, cause I always end up feeling like, I end up being the guy who's it's more of a comment than a question. Like the, that bad, the person that you can't stand in your, your conference panel. And 
it's like i've got a question well it's more of a comment really um <laughs> I, I get to a question at the end usually but it just takes me a lot of commenting to get to mm-hmm. the question <laughs> again that happens all the time in academia it's very normal i think probably most of our guests and listeners are <laughs> at least used to it if nothing else but yeah we uh we'll see you know we'll be <laughs> alex and i will be recording an episode our first episode next month and then we'll you know we'll see what it ends up being like but you know it's always a process of just working on talking I think you know I have a my public speaking issue is I use the same adjectives too many times (laughs) (laughs) which is fine I think I've said great like 10 times in this episode and it's fine well like I would (laughs) tell my students I haven't noticed that at all and your audience probably doesn't (laughs) notice that at all like 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 people listening to this right now are probably Mm -hmm. like you know, now that he mentions it, he does ramble, but I guess I never really noticed it until he pointed it out. And it's, it's, yeah, yes. it's, it's, the same, it's the same thing. That's how it is. But yes, I can assure everyone that we have lots of good plans for attempts of interesting episodes in the future. We're going to get started right away and see what we can do and see what new, you know, themes and people and topics and everything we want to work on. And don't worry, Brandon will be here to make sure we don't <laughs> go off the rails <laughs> too too quickly or lose our yeah. way or anything. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll still be around for helping, and you know, I, I yeah, it's not a it is not a clean break by any means. I'll 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 still I'll probably even be like, hey, how's it going? <laughs> you, you'll say, wow, there's not, not a lot of rambling going on on the show. Yeah, wow, that's it, how come their episode? How they get those episodes down to like 15 minutes? That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> well shall we uh mm-hmm. move to to end on a roll yes let's we're gonna do an end on the roll for both brandon and alex as a sort of you know goodbye for brandon and a more getting to know alex so you all have yeah. a better sense of what he's like um so who wants to go first i'll go first so then brandon's last okay, okay. I'm going, I'm going to roll the dice because I have one. (laughs) It is a 12. So Alex, what do you like to do on your days off? Well, seeing as I'm applying to PhDs, I suppose I have more days off than most at the moment. Um, But I still work. That's still work. (laughs) I'm a big, I'm a big runner. I'm actually, I'm running in the Paris marathon in April. And so that's kind of what I'm up to at the moment. It's very difficult. It just snowed um, about three times in the last week in Pennsylvania. So that's Mm. difficult. Uh, But that's kind of what I like to do on my day off. I'm building up more and more of my mileage all the way up to, you know, it's 26.2 is a marathon. Mm. And I found it interesting. I've experienced, I've, I've done marathons in the past, but it's, it's, there's a time dilation as you, as you run more and more it starts to feel less and less time. I found that very interesting. Uh, it's because when, when you're out of shape, maybe it feels every mile feels like forever. Uh, but as you get better mm-hmm. shape, it it's very, I found that very interesting. Um, and mm. it's a great way to connect with the, I guess your locality. And it's, it, it's helped me actually weirdly identify like trees better. Cause if, if you have nothing mm. to do, cause I, I don't really <laughs> listen to music because if I find if, if I listen to music, I run very quickly uh, in mm-hmm. the exciting songs and I run very mm-hmm. slowly in this, in the, mm-hmm. and that's actually the opposite of what you want. You want to sort of continue at the same pace. So I, I cut out the music 
but now I'm sort of, I mean, what do you do with mm-hmm. your brain? And I've, I've gotten much better identifying the trees wherever I'm running because it's something, you know, somewhat to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you listen to anything when you run? No, actually, because I, well, other than the birds and the trees, which is its own okay. soundtrack, mm-hmm. Brandon. <laughs> that's, that's true. I just, yeah, I, I, uh, no, I, I, um, I'm the same way. So if I run with music, so when I'm doing like my tempo runs or repeats, I'll listen to music because I know I want to go a little faster and have, have, but like when I do just my long runs, I can't listen to music because I will do the same thing. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll go too fast at some point and then end up, um, but I have to have like a podcast or an audio book or something. Mm-hmm. Cause it's just, uh, it's too, it's too long for, and I don't have like trees and I have some birds, but it's just, it's so sparse in Kansas that, mm-hmm. um, especially where I run, it's, it's basically just blank open plains. So, hmm. yeah. Well, it's time to learn different types of clouds, Brandon. True. <laughs> True. Well, that, that's fun. So I, I, I teach or teach. Yeah. I work now at cloud County community college. Um, hmm. and we, uh, our president every year, um comes up with some kind of a cloud pun um so (laughs) like uh last year it was um gosh i don't even remember now but like so it's like a cloud like no other or Mm -hmm. um uh gosh now i'm blanking on all of them but like so we but we always like joke um like oh you're 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 being fog right now you're 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 mm. down here real low mm. i need you to i need you to be <laughs> above the clouds or what you know and mm. um and so we always joke and like look up like uh you're you're being a real stratocirrus right now and <laughs> i don't know what what they are but um yeah well <laughs> always just so now i guess yeah it's a good time good time mm-hmm. to learn what's that one that's that's kind of starting to spiral and come towards the ground that was a tornado joke it was a turn out <laughs> like we don't i don't have those sorry i live in california <laughs> just earthquakes <laughs> well right. hopefully you'll be getting somewhere not snowy soon alex so you can yes well run actually easier my last i did the atlanta marathon two years ago and and my final training run was 20 miles in seven degree weather and three inches oh, of God. snow in ohio Oof. So but I'm then, not sure what I was listening to then. Yeah. <laughs> what, what was it like? Was then the race like crazy humid? And so yeah, it was like, well, a, actually, like a 180 of, of weather. Well, it was February. So it's actually, it, it was still not that. It's not too bad. Okay. Not that warm in Atlanta, but it was, I mean, the entire race, uh, it rained the whole time. So that was, mm-hmm. that was hard. Yeah. That's the problem with the South. We don't get tr- snow, just rain. Yep. I tried one time when i was in new orleans um i tried just going out for like a five mile run and i think i made it like two and a half because it was just it was may i think late may and it was it was like running through sludge it was just Mm -hmm. so humid it was bad rough (laughs) i don't miss the humidity (laughs) if i move back to human place i'm gonna be sad (laughs) 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 okay brandon let's move on to your end on a roll and it's truly an end on a roll for real oh yeah truly ending oh yeah okay Uh sorry i i thought because of what question came up i was like wait no it is it is it is 
Um, it is a nine. So if you could only recommend one thing to someone. Oh, gosh. Starting out in environmental humanities, which is great because Alex Man. is here. What would you recommend? Book, mm. advice, some other thing, you know? Oh, gosh, that's a tough one. It is, um, but it is very my, relevant. My, 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 my joking answer is listen to this podcast, um, <laughs> including back episodes, because there's a lot of great and amazing mm -hmm. people on here. Um, uh, go to the Asley Conference, um, mm -hmm. because it is um bar none it's like the my favorite academic conference it is it is in addition to all the great like scholars and 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 sharing of that kind of stuff it's just um it's a great community and and there's all kinds of other fun stuff to do and just great um socialization opportunities and stuff like that so um so do that um i guess my serious advice would be, or I guess less jokey advice. Um, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to use Alex as an inspiration, but I guess it would be to um, don't limit yourself. Like, um, you know, at a certain point, yeah, as a, as a grad student, you're going to have to kind of focus down and just, um, you know, kind of pick your field. That's what your dissertation is going to be on. Um, but that doesn't mean you can't still keep learning about other things and keep, um, keep interest in other areas. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, like my dissertation is, is very focused on the environment and, and race and social justice and all that kind of stuff. Um, but like, I mean, I did a lot of scholarship on pedagogy and a lot of scholarship on games. And, um, you know, I think there's, um, especially with the environmental humanities, I think there's so much opportunity for interdisciplinarity, um, that you, you can find those connections across fields where even if you're interested in something, something, then the next logical question is, okay, well, well, what, what are the environmental impacts of that other thing I'm interested in and how can I make those connections? Um, so I, I guess that would be my, my big piece of advice is yeah, don't like, don't limit yourself, um, and, and be open to just kind of learning and, and keeping your interests going and, and making those connections. Gotcha. Thank you. <laughs> I, I will definitely, I will definitely do that. <laughs> that is excellent advice, Brandon. I think that, you know, you're speaking from a place of having been in academia and knowing how much the urge to limit occurs, right, mm -hmm. in academia. You are often, as a grad student, you know, as a PhD student, really encouraged by oftentimes to be very limited. You're like, well, right. you're in this department, you use this methodology, you don't do other things. And so, you know, finding that ability to be interdisciplinary is great and I do think really important to the environmental humanities specifically because mm -hmm. everything is part of the environment and yeah. everything is part technically, in my opinion, pretty much everything is part of the environmental humanities. Uh, everyone else just hasn't figured that out yet. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> yes, I, I agree with Brandon advocating for yourself to allow you to keep many interests yeah. is a, is a great advice for anyone going into the environment humanities and just, you know, academia in general. Yeah. And, and I, I would say too, uh, to maybe one more little piece of that is, mm -hmm. is to like be curious. Um, and so that would just include like, um, I think oftentimes we, 
you've got a cohort of people that you're, you know, you're starting a program with. Um, but then at a certain point, like everyone's doing their own thing and it's not, um, and people can be very protective of their work. Um, which I think is unfortunate. Um, it's, it's again, the, the idea of this podcast is to, to break that down, like, um, share and, and, and so, yeah, just to be curious. And so, talk to your your classmates talk to the other people in your cohort and just be like hey what are you working on what, what what's got you excited right now um you know i think um and you know it, it's it's a good way for them to talk through some things and maybe they're maybe they're struggling with something right now and they're like yeah like i've kind of hit the speed block and then they talk to you and you're like oh well hey i just read this book the other day i think you should check it out you know i think um so often we get siloed um and it mm -hmm. it's it's to the detriment of everybody. You know, I think that brings up another excellent idea for future podcast episodes, Brandon, is, you know, if anyone's listening has a work in progress mm. they want to share, they would, you know, those it's harder for us, of course, to find people in that stage, right? Like oftentimes we have people who publish something, so they're right. advertising it. So we know they want to talk about it. But if anybody ever wants to talk about a work in progress, a book that they're about to publish or something else like that. We would love to have you on the podcast because maybe it would give you that opportunity to talk through more things mm -hmm. with interested parties who will read it and then want to <laughs> talk to you about it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an, another shout out to all those listening, you know, hit us up to propose a work in progress episode as well. Yeah. And I, I would right. just add to that, that uh, I remember talking to Brandon about this, the I've been talking to a lot of grad students in the last six months. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that would also be another avenue to not mm -hmm. only bridge the the podcast to professors uh, to understand grad students potentially more, but also mm -hmm. people like me who who want to enter into uh, doctor programs uh, on, I guess, a sort of state of the union of, of grad students and who are in environmental humanities, what they're working mm -hmm. on, what they're thinking, and or even what they're struggling with, mm -hmm. like what you're mm -hmm. saying. Um, mm -hmm. I think that'd be another avenue to bridge more uh, people to get involved. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So yes, grad students, that includes you. <laughs> Tell <laughs> us about your works in progress. <laughs> All right. Well, that I it is so odd to be ending a podcast where I know I won't be <laughs> seeing Brandon <laughs> again for a while. Yeah. But it's it's been a great, you know, few years. Uh, you know. Obviously, I can contact Brandon whenever I want, uh, <laughs> but maybe you listening can't. So, Brandon, do you have any contact information you want to just share on this last episode so people can, you know, hit you up if they want to talk about work or if they are in your area or if, you know, form a pedagogy like panel? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I got rid of my Twitter. I think it's been about a year now. Mm -hmm. It's been, yeah. Um, it's been weird. Uh, you know, um, so, so you can't find me on there anymore, but uh, yeah, if you want to shoot me an email, um, I've been going back and forth on whether to, to share my school email or my mm -hmm. Gmail. Um, but I guess, so just, I guess just my Gmail is fine. Um, so it's just Brandon J. Gollum, all one word. B-R-A-N-D-O-N-J-G-A-L-M at gmail.com. Um, yeah, that's that's good. Shoot me an email. Just say hey. Um I'm I'm hopeful to maybe still uh attend Asley, you know, in a couple of years mm -hmm. at the at the next one. Um, you know, it, it, I know I'll probably be paying out of pocket for it because I, I can't get reimbursed because it's not actual <laughs> professional development for me anymore. But um, you know, I still um I still want to kind of keep my my uh 
foot in that door just and and stay connected because it's again it's it's just an amazing organization and um people doing amazing work there and mm-hmm. um yeah so we'll see so i'll look forward to seeing you there yeah <laughs> <laughs> for listeners if if you'd like to be on the show or recommend someone to be on the show you could uh let us know and find us at email asley.ecocast at gmail.com also on twitter we're still there asley underscore ecocast and our twitter is a link tree on it with links to that info as well as to a google forum for episode proposals yes please contact us and yes we are we still check the twitter (laughs) (laughs) i promise and i i do still have a twitter even though i never use it all right everyone if you enjoy listening to ecocast you can help us reach a larger larger audience by reviewing sharing downloading or subscribing to the podcast Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time. And we bid Brandon a very fond farewell. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.